1: From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, Today, uh, before we jump in, we'd love to, if you'd leave a review on iTunes and, or wherever you listen to podcasts, those five stars do really help. Um, we'd also like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. Um, first of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I'll get it out. Um, not only are they innovative, it's unbelievable how shooting machines are are have changed. You know, I remember when they used to have those long metal racks coming from the court. Um, but how they've innovated, how they've put the trainers right in front of you—it's unbelievable. So go over and check it out. Also, go over and check out TeachHoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. There's nothing else on the market like it. Nowhere else are you going to get the bat phone to the person running it. No, you know, yes, they might do quarterly or monthly or weekly calls, but they're not—they're not on. Your backing call. If you have a question, if you have an email, trust me, I will get back to you. I will respond. I will get on a call with you that day. So come over and check out ttroops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. Ah, I don't know about that. Uh, what happened
0: to your arm? Uh, believe it or not, I'm a big, big biker, road bike. Um, I do about 3,000 miles a year and a car hit me last Sunday. Are you okay? Uh, basically rolling through a stop sign not really looking straight ahead but he looked to his right and his left and i was right in front of him making a left-hand turn on the road he was coming from and he plowed into me so i fractured my elbow and my wrist what kind of bike did you have i have a it's called a trek speed concept
1: oh trust me trek or wisconsin bike so yeah, um, no i know so i was...
0: ordered it last january 1st and it came in finally july 15th yeah and um it's a um it's really a, a triathlon um, speed bike. It is, uh, you know, like a time trial bike. Right. Awesome. awesome. How was your helmet? Um, everything was good except for uh, did damage to my bike. It didn't bend the frame. Luckily, he uh, broke a pedal, uh, broke my chain, broke my back derailleurs, uh, cracked my uh, aero bars. So those are going to be replaced. Replaced.
1: Okay. Well, I'm glad you're doing all right.
0: Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, I'm, uh, you know, very coordinated with my right arm. So I
1: bought a, I bought a scooter. I bought an electric scooter to go to work. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: cause I didn't want to be sweaty when I got to work. So I didn't want to bike to work. Um, <laughs> so it's nice. It takes me 10 minutes to get to work. It takes me seven minutes in my car. So,
0: no. no. So, yeah. uh, when I ride, there's this one woman, she's got to be in her 70s. And um, I like five times a summer, she's like, a couple hundred yards ahead of me so i don't know who it is and i'm trying to catch up so i'm going really really hard i'm going i'm never gaining any you know getting close to her and then finally i see her she has an electric scooter, scooter. she's going like uh 28
1: miles an hour <laughs> right you're you know? never going to catch her okay no. so let's so let's talk one three one because people have had a lot of questions on this after our last podcast yeah, um, absolutely so let's talk okay so what is let's this volume talk- good yeah, this is great. So um, how do you run it? Do you run it uh, half court? Do you run it full court? Do you run it stacked? So give me give me some gist of how you run it initially, and then I'll throw in questions.
0: Oh, absolutely. So um, when we score, um, my chaser, and I'll, I also have a whiteboard yep, behind yep. me. Okay. I'll draw a basketball court in a second. But when we score, my chaser picks up at the um, opposite foul line.
1: Okay, and so your chaser is the top person of your yeah, one Chaser the is
0: the top player. So okay. the words I use: chaser, and then the bottom guys are point guard, and then we go three across. So we have a. If, if I'm standing on the baseline, I'm looking at the backs of my defenders. Yeah. Left wing, I always put a uh, quick, um, tough kid there because most teams are attacking him with the right hand. Right. So I always put our smaller of the two wings on that side, and I have him be really aggressive. But then our back other wing, the, so if you're looking at our yep. defense, the right wing is over the last 15 years, 14 of the last 15 years, that kid has always been our leading rebounder because most teams are right-handed and most teams shoot more shots from that side than they do the other side generally. Okay. And then my center. So when we score, uh, my chaser, the top guy picks up at the opposite foul line. And then I put three across the half court line, our left wing, our center, and are right wing. Okay, so how do
1: you stop them from not throwing over that half court?
0: Because literally, as soon as the ball's inbounded, so basically they'll have an inbounder and they know it's a one three one, so they'll have generally one guard in the backcourt. Right. And so they'll go two guys against my chaser. Okay. So once the ball's, we start playing right when the ball's inbounded, my chaser runs up and side saddles let's say they pass to a right-handed point guard and he's going to come down the right sideline. So my chaser, um, immediately attacks him. And if a team is not real skilled and if a team doesn't really know how to, uh, walk the ball up, reverse it, walk the ball up, reverse it. If he, the ball handler tries going too fast, we'll trap that right at half. You'll
1: trap time. that. Okay. So exactly. go, go draw, draw, can you go draw that on the thing? And then Absolute. I have a couple questions on the, um,
0: Absolutely, and then I'll tell you what we do on miss shots.
1: Because what's what what would happen in our league, and I can tell you what would happen in our league is they would put two guards, and they would play they would play catch back and forth over that chaser, and then eventually throw it over that three at half court or try to.
0: No, oh, you're right. But if if they're doing that, then we start backing up at half court with our wing, our uh, center, and our wing.
1: Okay. Okay. We
0: start back paddling and getting to their spot. So basically. The old coaching line, remember right? That? So, the old <laughs> the, coaching the line hashes, is what yes. our players use uh, that's as far up as they'll ever go on a win. So, okay. basically, on the score, my chaser would be here, my wing would be here, my center would be here in yep. the center circle, and then my other one would be here. Okay, so they inbounded right here. Can you see this?
1: Yes, that's perfect. Yep.
0: So, my inbounder or the inbounder hits here, and then he starts dribbling up, and eventually, he'll get side saddle on him and he'll take three or four dribbles, and he'll reverse it here, and he'll take three or four dribbles. There's this thing called a 10-second, uh, you know, half-court. <laughs>
1: right. so if you take seven or eight seconds, I don't care. So, so I, it, that trap is hard, though, for the wing to come up and trap that guard. It is. Isn't well, we it don't,
0: we don't We don't come up this way. So what he does is he'll start retreating, and if this kid's going really, really fast. My chase is right on him.
1: He's he's you know, on, he's on the side of him. Yeah. He'll
0: come up and trap either you know right on that in the back court or right over half court. If they okay. present us, you know, if it's an inexperienced varsity guard, most varsity guards wouldn't do that. But if it's an inexperienced varsity guard, we'll trap that every single time.
1: Right, right, right. They, they, yeah, we just don't see guards that would do that very often. I, I just know they're not going into that. And if they do, they're going to be able to turn the corner on it. So it's almost like the wing there on that the three across has to play a little bit of cat and mouse.
0: Yeah, they um, do. And my guys yeah. play cat and mouse. But let's just say that uh, they don't do that. And generally speaking, most offenses end up something like that.
1: Yep, 2-1-2. 2-1-2. Yep.
0: You know, they'll overload or they'll run a zone rotation where ball goes the corner, he'll drop, he'll flash, he'll replace, leave a spot, fill a spot. Um, But once we're in our base defense, what it would look like is our chaser, is side saddle, our center has his feet, his toes on the three-point arc facing the ball, um, arms outstretched, our wing playing the outside shoulder of the top guard because I never want a direct pass to the corner. Always, always want the offensive player to have to either step around our track or he has to fake 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 and that corner
1: can kill you that corner can kill you
0: it does but yeah. we have ways to uh, uh, combat that okay. so and then our point guard never leaves the paint he's on the top side of the block and he has his rear end into any low post player that's his first pr- priority it's almost impossible for this kid to throw that, when he has a center in the way, the point guard's on top of it. He's fronting, basically, and we have a double-team trap. So, season. I've
1: always told the point guard they should be kind of uh, lining up with the ball. So, if the ball goes to the other, they should always kind of be in a, in a line yeah, with the ball. Out, which I
0: use is they always have to be ball-side block, above the block. If there's nobody there. They're still above the block. And their rule is called airtime. They go to the corner on airtime when the ball is in the air between the top guard and the corner.
1: Okay. And why why do you say above the block? Why did you pick above above the block?
0: Because it would be harder for the low post player to get around him and screen him so he can't get to the corner. Okay. And um, I never want uh, anybody to be able to throw a pass from out here or at the high post, a direct pass to low post. So I always have our point guard He tries to make the top because my point guard is going to be smaller than their low post kid. So I tell him to put his rear end right into his stomach and make the kid tall. So he'll be above the block. He'll put his rear end in to make that tall six, four, six, five kid play smaller.
1: What happens if there's no one in the block and he still plays above it? He still plays above it. Okay. Yeah. And I like, I I like, so explain a little bit more what you meant by the wing, not allowing a direct pass to the corner. Cause I, I think that's an issue coaches have a lot is, they, get, they come up and do that trap or they go high and then all of a sudden direct pass to the corner and, and boom, boom, a couple threes from the corner. Exactly. And, like, well, and
0: I'll tell yeah. you exactly why. And this is what I figured out, I don't know, 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Um, the reason you wanna play both wings on both outside shoulders of both top guards is so they cannot, that kid can't throw a direct pass. So the key word I'm using is direct pass. When an other team is allowed to throw direct passes, your one-three-one is going to be picked apart. So we try everything in our power to make kids conceptually and basketball IQ understand why they play the outside shoulder. So this is the reason why what you just said teams get broken down is because right here, for example, so my backside wing is outside the paint. He's not on the arc. He's He's above the block. He's outside the paint. So he has one foot on the lane line and one foot outside the paint, okay? Okay. The center is here. My wing and chaser are here. And then my point guard's here. So let's say they throw a top-to-top pass.
1: Which is this a common is- one. that they We call them rainbows. We want... Yeah. So do you ever, okay, before before we dive into this, do you ever have the chaser gap it and kind of play cat and uh, mouse? No. Nope. No. Okay. No. And, and the why reason not? I don't do
0: that is because this is who we are. This is my identity. I'm not saying another coach wants to run through want wants to run the 131 they want to do it that way that's but what i find is pressure i know some coach said this one time pressure makes cowards of us all right and what i find is if you're constantly pre- pressuring the other team for 32 minutes which we do you know what maybe not in the first quarter but in the fourth quarter they're tired we're tired and we keep trapping Right. Try- no, I,
1: I 100% agree with it. But what we've done is we've done what you've described, and then we're up seven with three minutes to go. We'll go to what we call like a gap one three one, where he they don't know if he's going to come trap or not. And then it's like that pass from the from the top to the top is harder when they're well, safe I, I agree. But well, <laughs> let me just throw
0: one um thought to you on that. So we okay. do the exact same thing except we call it shrink. So when we are up seven in the fourth quarter, three minutes to go in the game, we're still pressuring the ball all over the court, but we shrink the defense. My chaser and wing, when they trap, they're only one or two feet outside the arc. So we're, we're tighter and closer to the basket when we go shrink defense at the end of the game, but we're still going to pressure the ball uh, all over. Okay. So okay. we're doing the same thing you're doing, except for, see, the only thing I... I like this because if you're gapping the chances of um, a real good ball handler is splitting the gap chaser and the wing become dramatically higher by, by having a double team on that kid. It's a lot harder for that kid to split you all the time. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, right. And so, so we'll say the, guard, it, the guard That has it up top is really quick and your guards aren't as quick. How do you not, how do you stop them from, gapping that trap That's high.
0: exactly how we do it the reason i have my center with his toes on three point arc he's got four rules in his life when he plays for me <laughs> okay but one of his rules is the major rule is for this scenario right here is the top priority in his life right now is the stop dribble penetration eventually during the game their guards are gonna um, split us 30 times in a game it
1: happens okay okay
0: but what happens is as this kid maybe gets the reversal pass, and as my wing's coming up, my chaser come back over, he splits. Well, if he splits to the outside, he's heading to the sideline. I could care less about that. Okay. But if he splits towards the middle, now we have to play that. So what happens is literally my center runs up, and he attacks the ball. The chaser is digging with his inside arm, slapping at the ball. So he's coming to the ball handle. He's trying to slap it ahead, slap it ahead. And our wing is doing the same thing. So he's coming in also. So I know, you know, some coach said, are are you kidding me? You're going to have three guys on the ball. Yeah. We have three guys on the ball. And because they're all bunched in together on the ball handler, that's hard for that kid to throw out of the three man trap. It really is. And so our rules on that is the backside wing has the first pass out this way. And our point guard has the first pass out this way. And as soon as the ball's in the air, then everyone goes back to where they would be in their one-three-one position. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So go but, back up to that, go back up to the top again and go through go through the rules for. So you have four sets of rules: chaser rule, center rule. So the center
0: rules, let's just while we just talk about center, yep. the center rules are real simple.
1: He's okay. got four
0: rules. Top priority rule number one is when the ball crosses half court. He's already starting to think about splits. He attacks okay. splits. Yep. And I'll give you a, a, a prime example of uh, one of my centers that I had, the mentality he had. He's already starting to think, my first priority is to attack a split. So I had a kid at my other school. Right now we're at Hamilton where I'm still this, entering my 40th year this year. But when I was at Faithful Manly, I said double A school, which is the largest enrollment in New York State. I mean, we played great teams. But I had a kid as a freshman, his dad was a running back for the New York Giants and he was working for Doug Marone um, for Syracuse University football team. Well, anyways, his son played basketball as a uh, freshman on varsity, 6'6", about 240 as a freshman. So anyways, he used to attack kids when they tried splitting our uh, chaser in our wing and he would crush the kid. And so, and I didn't care about that because early in the game, you pick up a foul. I don't care. You pick up your third foul in the third quarter. I don't care. Right. Uh, What he would do is he would, after he knocked the kid down and fouled the crap out of the kid, he would reach down, help the kid up and said, if you come in here again, I'm going to do the same thing to you. You know? So basically (laughs) the mentality is, and that other guard who got crushed by a 6'6", 240 pound freshman said, you know what? I'm not going in there again.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Oh. So, okay, so so well, that's one rule. What are the other three rules for the so center? The other
0: rules are um, when you line up with your toes on the arc, arc. facing okay. the ball, um, you don't have to be an exact direct line between the ball and the basket. Your point guard will, because my center has his back to the basket, he's just facing the ball. My point guard will say, say there's a high post kid behind him. He'll say, hey, two steps to your left, two steps to your right. And he has to have uh, outstretched arms like he's a scarecrow. Um, So he has his toes on the arc. He has his arms outstretched. He's already starting to think, you know, if that kid splits, I'm going to attack the ball. And then his last rule, which is as important out of 100 times, the center is here and the ball goes from the top to the corner. He runs down. He doesn't look for anybody here. He runs down and he fronts 100 out of 100 times. He doesn't side front. He doesn't three quarter front. He front fronts. Um, Okay. 100 out of 100 times. That's his job.
1: Okay. All okay. Right? Now, yep. I'll
0: show you a couple of things that we've changed, which has really, really added to our steals and um, breakaways with our center. not necessarily him, but he's the one that comes up with steals and then our chaser or one of our wings has a breakaway. So I used to, when the ball went top guard to top guard like that, my center would v cut. He'd go down to the nail and come back out. And I didn't like that. So what I have him do now is he runs literally outside the arc and gets to that position. And what I found is by having my chaser and my wing like that and we we get a deflection. My chaser gets a deflection. That ball is bouncing in this dead area right here before it goes to this top guard. My center has come up and got okay. That. So go
1: through the rotations of what everyone does. The chaser chases the ball. What yeah. are the other three? What do the other people do on that Sorry. pass from because that's probably the most common pass on a one versus a one-three-one?
0: Yeah, so real simple. And I'm gonna answer you. You asked a really good question about why we play outside shoulders and I'll show you exactly what what I do differently. And so to answer your question, what other coaches are not doing, and I'll tell you exact. So the wing backside wing is right above the block, one foot on the lane line, one foot out. The more athletic he is, I let him take a step uh, towards the little hash marks on the foul line. Right. The first half or second hash. So the ball's right here. Let's just use we'll go one player at a time. Okay. The chaser's here the wing is here. The center is here. And my point guard is here. And my backside wing is there. So he throws this pass right here. Let's answer the first question first and I'll go through each guy. The reason I play outside shoulder is because if he throws here and it he gets into him and they have a great shooter right here, he throws a direct pass. We never can get there. My point guard never can get there.
1: No, so ever <laughs> I
0: did about 15 years ago. I banana cut the wing. So most teams, They'll run straight at the kid like that. And the kid just steps outside that guy and throws the corner, right? We run out to the sideline and then up to his outside shoulder. That difference right there with your coaches that have asked you that question will solve that problem. Okay. So my backside wing runs out to the sideline and then he attacks this kid's left shoulder. So right. he can throw a direct pass to the corner. And that makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Do you, do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, it, because you're taking angles away, you're taking the angles, taking the away.
0: angles away.
1: Okay. Right.
0: And now, so on that pass right there.
1: So the, so the guard, the, the, the chaser basically just goes from ball to ball. He cha-
0: his, his name is Chaser. And I, I said, do you know why you're the chaser? And he looks at me dumbfoundedly, like most of the kids <laughs> in my program. And you know, I go, do you know why you're a chaser? And he goes, no, I said, because you chased the ball right right when this top guard throws this kid right here here's how all five guys move sorry about my uh
1: it's okay no it's good
0: so my center goes outside the arc and now he realigns here okay this wing right here chaser literally chases the ball now he's not going to go a straight line because that kid's probably going to move forward so he's going down and then he's chasing the ball yeah this wing. so if i'm the wing in a double team with a chaser and that kid throws that way to this other top guard right here, I open up and I look at the ball the entire time and I'm running sprinting back to the ball side above the ball side block. So I'm running straight line here. As okay. this teammate runs out and out and here, Okay, And then the point guard just goes from block to block. That's all he does.
1: He never goes to the corner.
0: Only when the ball is passed in airtime from the uh, top guard to the corner. So he's never, he
1: doesn't have a foot outside the paint normally.
0: The point guard? Yeah. No, the point guard, um, I mean, yeah. He, so I'll try to draw the block right here. So the block is right here. The point okay. guard is above the block. So he has one foot on the lane line and one foot outside the lane line. So if this kid throws there to the corner, because this wing should make it fairly difficult, and Chase is coming over, and our center is here, and then our backside wing is here. He'll have enough time if that's a lob pass. Okay. Or maybe a fake and a bounce pass. He'll have enough time to go to the corner, and then. Yep. There's... And then
1: what's his what's his job once he goes to the corner? All
0: right, I'll tell you exactly what his job is. <laughs> it's called scouting report. Okay. So <laughs> I probably scout just like you do. I, you know going in my 40th year, I'll have people, when I go to a gym, they'll come up to me, and go, God, is that all you do is scout? I go, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically what I do on that is, um, we'll say my point guard's name is Teddy. Okay. So before, uh, we play a team in our league tomorrow, um, after our practice the day before, I- I'm still pretty old school. I don't do all the analytics and all that crap i just basically my scouting report is on a sheet of paper tells you who their five starters there is their first sub second sub third sub they play these are the defense they play these are their best you know players um that kind of thing i don't do diagrams it's one page so after practice we meet in our uh, weight room kids sit down and i go over five minutes of the scouting report i said "We guys we're good so then i'll bring teddy over at the end i'll say listen the kid in the left corner is a great shooter. So when you, he catches the ball, you gotta be right on top of him outside the arc, digging at the ball, make him bounce it.
1: And, and, what, and, and when he bounces it, which way are you pushing it?
0: So um, most of the time they're gonna go to the baseline. And so I have absolutely no problem with that. And I'll tell you why. Um, if the kid dribbles, so say he's in the left corner and he dribbles to the middle, uh, centers there. When we had the wing chaser trap out with this kid right here, Here's their, their rotations. When the ball goes to the corner, our chaser goes to the ball side elbow. We have the back wing. We have our center fronting. So we have this spot, this spot, and this spot covered defensively. This wing right here, I'll, I'll go over rotations, but this wing normally would run down to the foul line extended and face the ball. This is a no man's land. And I'll tell you why one reason we do that. But let's say this kid in the corner is just such a stud, we won't trap this first kid out as high, we'll back off this kid just a tiny bit, and now when the ball goes to the left corner, Teddy and the wing right here, we trap that all game long.
1: You trap it. So if it's a good score, you want to trap him.
0: Yes, we'll trap it. But I'll, okay. I'll show you in a minute some other things we can do. Well, let's just say it's a normal situation. The kid catches the ball. I'll say this, that's my point guard. All right? So I'll say, Teddy, the kid is right-hand player, great shooter. So get out. So Teddy will get right up on him. Now over the last, not last year, cause it was coronavirus season, but previous to last year, over the previous eight years, I had two four four-year starting point guards. One drew 87 charges in four years and the other drew 93 charges in four years. So I require part of our defense for toughness is to say, all right, he's going to catch you, he's going to drive baseline. So slide over for this direction, slide over, get in front of him, put your right foot on the uh, baseline. And when he hits you, go flying and your four teammates will pick you up. And okay. I mean, we get so many, ch- we had 180 charges in eight years. I mean, who does that?
1: Right. And it's because they want to go baseline. So as soon as I know you're taking a charge in the baseline, I'm trying to go to the middle. So if they go to the middle, you.
0: then we had potentially the three-man trap. So if, if they go to the middle, this kid has it right here, and Teddy is right here, point guard, our center's here, our chaser's here. So if he goes to the middle, he's going with his left hand, he'll dig in, he'll attack the ball, dig in, and he'll dig in. So we still have our three-man trap. He'll take like the that. first pass out here. And he'll take the first pass out, okay? Okay. I mean, so do we have everything covered? No. So, so let's go through the rules.
1: We went through the post rules. The cha- what's the chaser's rules?
0: So the chaser's rules are real simple. I always have two chasers um, in our program. I have a starting varsity chaser, and then I have his backup. Okay. So, for example, at a 32-minute game if our starter plays 25 or 26 minutes, the backup is guaranteed to play six minutes a game. Okay. Every game. Now I try to have versatility so that backup chaser might also be our backup wing. So okay. he's gonna play both. But anyways, so the chaser's rules literally from here on a made basket to our half court defense is to literally chase the ball. So okay. when it's back and forth, he's chasing, not playing in the middle right here. He's going after the ball. And now if the ball goes from top to corner. Then the chaser who is right here and the wing is right here. He literally sprints the ball side elbow and then he can come halfway. And then our center's fronting, our point guards out. So he never
1: gets below the elbow. Say that again? The chaser never gets below the elbow. Uh, There will be some
0: exceptions. um, If because they're moving the ball faster than our defense set up, he might have to, you know um, just use common sense and uh, chase the ball somewhere else. But for the most part, he's chasing out front. He's always anticipating that we come up with a steal. So let's just say that, you know, we got a steal in this area right here. Well, he's not going to run down the elbow. He's, wherever he is, he's just going to go to the basket. He's running straight line the basket. This okay. summer, uh, we played eight summer league games. And my chaser probably had, not summer league, so, you know, got to take all that into effect. Yes, right. Um, probably had four breakaway layups every game in the summer league just okay I've got, and where does
1: he get those steals from
0: uh, the chaser gets chaser gets steals by deflections a lot of places so if he's right here and the wing is right here and our center is right here and they try to throw a top guard top guard pass and it's deflected he he might run up and get it right in the middle of the floor that means this wing's just going to you know anticipate that or he may bounce it in here and the center comes up and gets that pass and then the the chasers just going in the basket okay. and while we're on it i'll just give a coaching point i know you say this probably a thousand times a week i mean i say it
1: a thousand times in a week hey everybody i hope you're enjoying this if you are maybe go over and check out coach collins's other podcasts teacher sidekick and high school hoops um subscribe like leave a five-star review maybe and then uh also you can go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better all right have a great day